Well, hello, kids, and welcome to season two and episode number 14 of Beaver Bites, our much less scripted and shorter version of our regular podcast. Still the same incisive commentary on Canadian politics and general culture, but a tinier nibble of it. Today, recording day is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, and it's been a Typical spring day here at the Beaver Lodge. A little cool, some sun, uh, but you know, I guess perfectly seasonal, for which I'm grateful because I want to play some tennis. <laughs> I miss it. Uh, I'm your host, the eager Beaver, pronounced he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver A. And I am happy that you are here with us, and especially today because we absolutely had to do a bites today because <gasps> mr grizzly there be drama oh hell yeah oh oh my uh i had heard i saw okay well you have to be living under a rock if you didn't hear what happened today kids right if so, you live in Canada. Uh, but before we go to it we'll thank our spot our podcast founding sponsors the pepper master so i'm just so excited the pepper master the misby mysteries from corvid mood publishing and canadiantarot.com for their continued support ah yes mr grizzly i see you have your uh glass, glass of wine? red wine yes i had to I had some uh, chicken and, and pasta for dinner, and um, I um, decided I would have a glass of red wine to uh, wash it all down, and I've slowly been sipping on it, uh, it, it for a couple of different reasons. One, um, the, the news, the, the news, mm-hmm. oh, also the news, and, mm-hmm. and something that we're not going to get into here today, but uh, uh, an article a buddy of mine sent to me that... Mm, Reminds me of 1983. Mm. Not in a good way. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I'm intrigued now that you've like dangled that in front of me, but... The day after. Think the day after. Okay, yes. Mm, Yeah, yeah. We'll skip on that today. We're going to skip on that today. Today is a happy day. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And you have your wine and I've got... Oh, that's a, that's a can of beer. Yeah, there's a, there's a cheers, my friend. Cheers. Ooh. Mm. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, ooh, hiccups. Careful now. <laughs> okay, well, kids, if you have not heard the news, and I cannot believe that you haven't, but if you have not heard the news, um... A bombshell, grenade, uh, what would you call it? A nuclear Armageddon in the House of Commons. Something was lobbed into the conservative camp anyway. <laughs> because, oh, oh, man, Ooh, scrambling, hair on fire, the sky is falling. No, oh, it was beautiful, brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> did, you, did you catch uh, uh, Pigeon Pierre's uh, uh, panicked uh, driving back from Montreal video in his car in the same style as his hero, Pat King. Oh, did I say that out loud? I think I did. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did not see that. Oh, yeah, it, it was It was on the Twitter. I watched it. I laughed uncontrollably, and then I responded by screaming at him, you lying, gaslighting piece of garbage. Stop lying to Canadians. Stop. This is not a coalition government. It's not that at all. No, Stop at all. lying. Stop yeah, yeah. lying to people. I'm so yeah. sick of it. Now nah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, and um, we'll get to that as well. Uh, 
but oh my god no i didn't see that his video uh, at all i've there, there's just been so much news today uh, <laughs> um but uh so yeah a big bombshell has been lobbed in uh the this morning i i, I saw something about it on twitter last night and i actually did not believe it mm. uh because i've been hearing about this for what all my natural life, I think, yeah. that one day the Liberals and the NDP would like really seriously collaborate somehow. Well, I mean, it's not the first time historically that they've done this. It's just it hasn't been done in a while, right? Yes, it hasn't been done in a while. But it's like the last time we got close was that deal, you know, with the block and the NDP and whatnot, and it didn't happen. And then Jack Layden sort of snuck around and back and tried to negotiate a side deal. And this yeah. wasn't really in on, on that, on that one. So I was like, you know, but we've been, and then there's been how many elections now where the conservatives have imploded somewhere in the elections and you think, okay, NDP, now's the time to pivot, pivot now. Yeah, and they, yeah, don't. they don't. So I was like, it, it's, you know, that, that thing they say all the time about like, you know, Charlie Brown and the football and Lucy <laughs> pulling it away at the last second. It's like, you know, some people always have hope, but I, and you know me, I'm hardwired for optimism, but I saw that mm. and was like, yeah, yeah, I see. And I'll believe that when it happens and I'll believe it when it lasts. Well, well real lordy. This was into, well, you saw the, the, the tweet I, I, I tagged you in earlier today, which I thought was a brilliant summation of what took place. And it was something that you, you especially noticed and you pointed it out to me and we talked about it on this show that during the occupation of Ottawa, Jagmeet <laughs> became a statesman. Yes. Like he became the guy I always thought he could be. I wonder if it was he stopped listening to people try, telling him things and he just started being who, who I always hoped he was. And sat mm -hmm. down with the PM and had conversations, and they both realized uh, things have gone sideways here, and we have people in the opposition who are supporting what's going on. They're supporting the occupation of the nation's capital. Mm -hmm. They're openly, vocally supporting mm -hmm. it. They're mm -hmm. bringing them coffee and donuts, mm -hmm. and the new official opposition leader even said, let's make it his problem. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they just had a tete-a-tete -tete and said, you know what? No. No. We, we are here to govern for Canada. And, and now that you've got the cons who are going on about how, well, actually, do they think they're running for a separate nation? Uh, I, you know what? I don't, I really can't explain what's going on with them. Right? It, there's a multiple personality split personality thing Hell going yeah. on there and they it, they need to resolve it right but they're taking themselves out of the game i mean that party at the moment has the choice to court the red tory vote more actively because or to court the ppc maverick vote more actively and it's the ppc maverick vote that it seems really not to want to lose why right? it's such it's, a fringe minority i don't get it I mean, look, you would have they, to they've say. They've been fed a steady diet, right? I mean, yes. Harper, for Harper so traded, my friend had had this expression. He said that Harper hated Trudeau so much that he would set his alarm clock in the middle of the night just to make time to hate him. <laughs> okay. So you've had this guy for how many times did he kicks in the can did he try before he got 
the prime ministership and then he needed two more before he got his majority. So, I mean, Harper was around for a while on the scene, about 10 years as prime minister, but yeah. you know, he had a couple of kicks at the can before. Um, and there's been nothing. I mean, he's, I mean, you know, it's the wizard of Oz thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's gone on to the IDU to try to be, you know, to live out his Palpatine fantasies, but I mean, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know he's still he's still a good old pm voldemort you know yeah. <laughs> so, you know and he's he, you know we're the wizard of and he's behind the you know the the behind the curtain and he's making things move right so um uh you know and well polyevre is is you know chosen guy yeah right i mean i mean polyevre i mean you you when he's, his lips are moving, you might as well picture, you know, Harper's hand up his butt, right? Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, so, um, he still wants to be the leader, and I'm, this changes everything. Like, this is a good opportunity, how would I put it? This could be the opportunity to put a stake through the heart of Harperism forever, yes, right? Yes. If Odiev does not win this leadership, well, like a, a, right. and it doesn't go to a, a full wackadoodle. Why not? That and they leave and defect from the party to go PPC and Maverick and Sprit from their thing, Bye. right? It's, but that's it, right? They're done. Oh yeah, so, they're finished as a party. Well, I mean, it, I've, I've, we've talked about this in the past. You know, I have a lot of friends that are progressive conservative, right? Right. Joe Clark, Brian Mulroney going back to Diefenbaker, going back to Bill Davis in the province of Ontario, progressive conservative, John Robarts, Mm -hmm. right? Probably the greatest premier the province of Ontario has ever had, a progressive Mm -hmm. conservative. And, and you would, we would call them red Tories. Yeah. Right. Progressive conservatives were always red Tories uh, because, you know, they were, they were, uh, they fell under the conservative banner, but they had a lot of liberal ideas at the same time. Mm-hmm. They were never, you know, CCF or NDP, but they weren't that f- f- diametrically, you know, di- yeah. disposed, disposed, disposed. You know what I mean? They weren't that far apart. They were never that far apart. They were always uh, center left. And even as, as right as the conservative party was during Br- Brian Mulroney's years, they were still center left, comparatively speaking. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, no this 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 party has been taking like you know, it's like hearing that time warp song, but you know, it's just like and take a step to the right, but there's never a step to the left. Never. <laughs> it's just, they just, just keep going around uh, in a circle. <laughs> they just keep taking another step to the right, to the right, to the right. Um, but this to the left, you know, to the left, you everything that, you own in a box to the left. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, Queen B. Um, but. What you mentioned about uh, about Singh is correct. I, I think that, well, let's put it this way. There's something, we always expected that the conservatives would play footsie with the convoy, mm-hmm. bit like Doug Ford did, too cute by half. I don't think anybody actually had on their ivermectin insurrection bingo card the Conservative Party of Canada is going to go all in with them. 
Right. So my friend Emma kept calling it the whole time the ivermectin insurrection party. <laughs> <laughs> insurrection. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know what I mean. Really, I don't think anybody thought they'd go all in, and and as a result, Aaron O'Toole lost his position because he didn't support it. I know they came for Justin's head and they got Aaron's instead. I mean, no wonder they were pissed off when they left. Uh, <laughs> the, the con, they're like, what did the convoy do? Well, actually, they united the two uh, center-left parties. <laughs> the center-left party and the left party in Canada ousted the head of the right party. Yeah, they've pretty much destroyed the Conservative Party of Canada. <laughs> and today, today was like, it's, it's almost the coup de grace, mm -hmm. if you would like to call it. Um, because, uh, let's just put it this way. I think for Jagmeet Singh, you know, when they went all in, it's a moment of clarity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a moment of clarity. I mean, it's, they have clearly vacated the space. Right. So he moved in. I've been dreaming about this day for so many years. I mean, how many times do we talk in the election? Right. Just like when they screwed up, when they screwed up on the gun thing, come on, Jagmeet, move in. This is your moment. Right. And he didn't take it. So yeah, this one, um, as we said, you know, with the composition of the house of commons, as it is, as it was the last time, mm -hmm. right. The liberals need only one, of the Bloc Québécois or the NDP right. in order to pass something. But the Conservatives absolutely need both parties to take down the Liberals, right? Without question, this, and, and, and there, there's no way they can do it. So this takes them out of takes it out of the equation. The Bloc will still vote with the Liberals every now and then. Oh, yes. Right? And, you know, if regular bills fall or don't pass, that's one thing, right? I mean... You know, the reason why they call it confidence and supply, it's, you know, it's for the budget bills and, you know, the things that are naturally votes of confidence. So this doesn't bind the NDP to vote with the liberals on absolutely everything, only on things that would be, you know, supplies of money or confidence matters. That would be it for the next three or four budget cycles until the election in 2025. So, but what it does is it makes the conservative party, even though it has more seats than the NDP, completely and utterly irrelevant totally irrelevant they can tell whatever lie they can make whatever spectacle as big as they want it will literally have no relevance and no weight in the house of commons whatsoever Nothing they are zero. screaming into a wind tunnel they're done they're finished uh they they are uh well, for want of a better term, but one that I think that will stick in their craw, they're impotent. And all the Viagra in the world isn't going to make a damn bit of difference. That's exactly it. They've got Kenny's problem. Yeah, yeah. They've got Kenny's problem now. They're saddled with it. And, and it's just like the fact that they chose, you know, if they're following the money, I guess that they assume the money is on the crazy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a I lot of dark money. There's the term crazy, but I mean, I just don't know what else. Uh, well, look, as somebody who has... Untethered, the untethered side. Okay, we'll untethered. I'm going to say crazy because, look, I have mental health issues. I make no secret of that. So it gives me license to say crazy. Um, and they are crazy. And they are crazy from a few different fronts now. Uh, first off, you have to understand the amount of dark U.S. money that is coming in to support that party. Mm -hmm. Okay, which is not legal at all. 
So they're back-channeling a lot of it, number one. Number two, a lot of it is from religious extremists. Religious? Religious extremists. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're religious, if you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever, worship whomever you want. You have the constitutionally protected right, protected right under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms to do so. Yeah. But understand this. We don't want any religion in the House of Commons. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see a couple of lines removed from the Charter. Mm. The first line, basically. Mm. Strike it out. I understand it was written at a different time. It should be removed from the Charter. Everything else, I wouldn't change a word anywhere else in the entire document. Now, I know Pierre Trudeau hated the notwithstanding clause, and I'm not in love with it, but I'm not going to take it out. But I would Hmm. strike that very first line, believing in the supremacy of God, because that does not represent all Canadians. Mm -hmm. So take it out, be a secular document, so then it represents all Canadians, the religious and the Mm non-religious. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So, um, we have a uh, supply and confidence agreement, uh, and it's in effect starting today. And the prime minister announced it this morning. Uh, and I'm not sure whether or not the conservatives saw it coming, even though. There was talk about it yesterday because they're, they were all over the place today. They didn't seem like they were ready for it anyway in the response. Of course, they it was weren't. a mess. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Grizzly, if you would, uh, the first quote of the day Happy from to. Prime Minister. I'm announcing that the Liberal Party has reached an agreement with the new Democratic Party to deliver results for Canadians now. Woohoo! This supply and confidence agreement starts today and will be in place until the end of this parliament in 2025. What this means is that during this uncertain time, the government can function with predictability and stability, present and implement budgets, and get things done for Canadians. I've thought long and hard about this. It was not an easy decision. With so much instability around us, Canadians need stability. We're different political parties. We stand for different things. But where we have common goals, we cannot let our differences stand in the way of what Canadians deserve. That's why we're taking this step. Both parties have identified key policy areas where we share similar objectives, and we have agreed to work together to put the needs and interests of Canadians first. This agreement is not about compromising the core beliefs of either of our parties or denying the differences between us. What it is about is make it that those differences stand in the way of delivering for Canadians. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, how can you not? Uh, that makes me happy. <laughs> well, th- this is a great example of parliamentary democracy. People need to remember, and I've, I've, I've retweeted at people today, throughout the day, who said, this is illegal, this is a thing. And I'm like, first off, it's not a coalition, it's an agreement, number one. Number two, if you remember correctly, the uh, minority liberal government under Lester B. Pearson, with support of the head of the NDP, Tommy Douglas, 
gave all of us universal health care that Tommy had brought into Saskatchewan first, single-payer health care, which I don't know a single Canadian that lives in this country that would want to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. So again, liberal minority government supported by the new Democratic Party leader at the time, Tommy Douglas. And they yeah. seem to think, oh, this coalition is illegal and it's good. No, it's not. It's, it's not a coalition at all. It's an agreement. Mm-hmm. That's all it and, is. Uh, yeah. So, and that's like the first part of it that sort of like, let me know like that the conservative response is, is a mess, right? And it's like, what is that? You know, two parties cooperating for the betterment of Canadians? Well, we can't have that. <laughs> Precisely. It's like they won't. Well, I mean, look, it, if you don't understand the modern conservative party in this country, I'll spell it out for you in a few short, quick sentences. When Vladimir Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, delivered his address to the House of Commons and each leader got up and said their piece, Candace Bergen stood up and said, conservatives support you. Not Canadians, yeah. conservatives. Yeah. What the hell, yeah. bitch? Sorry, but what the hell, bitch? Yeah, really. What? Not the moment. Really? Not really? the moment. Not the moment. So, yeah. So she's like, you know, coalescing and cooperating as anti-Canadian. <laughs> Canadians all across the country laughed. In fact, they laughed so hard, some of them peed maple syrup. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's qualifying the move as a power grab, right? And I don't know, graciously accepting power one is willing to freely grant you in exchange for doing something else for them. If that's a power grab, then I, I, so here's where, you know, where it's a mess, right? Because you're having a party that's trying to reframe something as something else and give it a new name, right? Mm -hmm this deal problem is is that this thing has existed for a long time already and has already have a name right <laughs> so pretty much confidence and supply agreements and if people are thinking oh my god this is so weird and out of the ordinary and out of usual um british columbia the government right before this one the bc greens and the bc ndp where they made a deal but the Greens didn't have a cabinet position in the, the, the that's exactly what this is. The same thing, right? Conservatives are trying to make you believe that it's this weird or mysterious thing. So uh, the Victoria Times columnist had a great article today. Uh, it's called Q&A, the NDP and liberals have a confidence and supply agreement. So what is it? So let's look at it. Here's what you need to know. What is a confidence and supply agreement? There are two things that can topple a minority government, confidence votes and budget supply votes. The confidence and supply agreement is basically a promise by the NDP not to oppose the liberals in those key moments as a way to keep them in power. In exchange, the liberals adjust their legislative agenda to make room for some NDP priorities, in this case, national dental care and national pharma care. Now, who can vote against that? Sorry, like who can vote against that? Conservatives. Yeah, of course, because it's... My rich buddies might have to spend a little bit more money to... Oh, shut up. Yeah. Okay. They keep on calling it a coalition. It is not a coalition. How is it different from a coalition? 
according to the article. A coalition is much more formal partnership. If the parties had opted for a coalition, new Democrat MPs would likely have seats at the cabinet table and may be expected to align on legislation, even if they are not confidence votes. That's not happening. None of that is taking place. None of it. Exactly. With a confidence confidence and supply agreement, the NDP and Liberals keep some of their autonomy, and the NDP will still serve an opposition role. Okay. Politically, the New Democrats can distance themselves from liberal policies they don't agree with and make decisions according to their own priorities as long as it doesn't topple the government. So this is what we were discussed early, mm-hmm. early on in, in the opening. Right? How does it work? The parties have agreed to a list of priorities to move ahead on, including a dental care program for low-income Canadians, national pharmacare, extending the rapid housing initiative, and phasing out public financing for the fossil fuel sector more quickly. Good. And the had already announced that they were going to do that anyway. So they agreed. Uh, in exchange, the Liberals will be able to count on NDP support on the budget, budgetary policy, and budget implementation bills. The NDP has also promised not to move a vote of non-confidence or a vote of non-confidence motion until the House rises ahead of the next fixed state election, which be, be 2025. And that's of benefit to the NDP too, because it allows them more time for fundraising. So you know, it's win-win for everyone here. Mm. So the liberals will let the NDP know if they plan to call a confidence vote. So the parties can chat privately about their voting intentions, which would give the government time to reconsider if it needed to. And an oversight group will meet monthly to make sure the agreement is still working for both parties and party leaders. House leaders and whips will do the same on a regular basis. And the question, has it happened in Canada before? Of course. Singh says he's following in the footsteps of former NDP leaders Tommy Douglas and Jack Layton, who held the balance of power in minority federal governments. But this is the first time two federal parties have entered into this particular kind of agreement. It's more formal and has a longer timeline than any agreement seen at the national level before, said Jonathan Malloy, chair for the study of Canadian parliamentary democracy at Carleton University. However, the idea has been tried at the provincial level. The first time was 1985 in Ontario, when the Progressive Conservatives won the election with a minority. The NDP under Bob Ray agreed to call the non-confidence vote and support the Liberals for two years. In exchange, the Liberals agreed to legislate some NDP priorities. And the most recent example was just last year in Yukon, when the Liberals won the same number of seats as the Yukon party. The territory's new Democrats signed a confidence and supply agreement with the Liberals to keep the people from returning to the polls quickly. Similar agreements were made in British Columbia in 2017, which is what we chatted about, and New Brunswick in 2018 as well. I think when I think uh, one of the, the either the Coalition of Regions or the Greens had the the other three seats. Mm. So, yeah, there you go. So that's the stuff that you need to know about what it is, and it's important that you know this, kids, right? Because when you know how your country works, it makes it way more difficult for other people to pull the wool over your eyes. And that's definitely what the conservatives are trying to do. Oh, my word. Okay. Um, Now, kids, um, this next quote is going to be a little wild. And because there's just so much buffalo fecal matter in it uh, that we're going to have to stop it and correct along the way. (laughs) Because we just can't let it all all that BS hits you in one, <laughs> in one serving. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, Mr. Grizzly, if you, uh, if you would like to uh, read uh, Boo Boo Kitty Bergen's response. 
<clears throat> I'm going to try and get through this without um, vomiting, so bear with me. <clears throat> we found out last night that the NDP and the Liberals were meeting secretly, and they cooked up a backroom deal that would see Justin Trudeau get the majority power that he tried desperately to get last fall in the last election, but he failed to get. Okay, stop. Thank you. They cooked up a backroom deal. Every deal in politics is a backroom deal. They don't negotiate it on the front line. Okay. <laughs> Let's just, mm-hmm. right. And it's not, would see Justin Trudeau get the majority power that he tried desperately to get last fall in the last election, but failed to get. It's where he's sharing power, working with another party to get over 170, which is what he is supposed to do. <laughs> Mr. Grizzly, if you will. This deal means that Canadians have woken up to, in essence, an NDP Liberal majority government. I think we have to let that sink in. This is an NDP Liberal government, and they have the majority. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 82% of voters did not vote for a Liberal government, including millions of Liberal voters. Okay, now. A Liberal NDP government. Well, yeah. of voters did not vote for a liberal NDP government. Um, I'm pretty sure 0% of voters did not, 100% of voters did not vote for a liberal NDP government. It wasn't an option. Yeah, it wasn't on the ticket, man. I checked. Where is she she getting this number? 82% of voters did not vote. Even if she's counting like all the people who didn't vote liberal and NDP at all, that's not 82%. She got the majority of the seats. She's pulling it out of her ass. She literally made that up. Literally made that up. Yeah, yeah, completely. Just so you know, literally made that up. Well, it, this is this is the con game. They're conning us. They're gaslighting Canadians. They're obfuscating, and they lie so damn often. They're incapable of telling the truth. Incapable of it. And and look again. I want to see a strong, healthy, progressive, conservative party in this country. We don't have that right now. Nope. So, 82% of voters do not vote for a liberal NDP government, she says, and? These Canadians woke up this morning to the fact that they have been hoodwinked and they have been deceived by their Prime Minister. Now, let me be clear. Now, if you've been to the Harper School, now let me be clear, always means what comes next is going to be a big two scoops of bullshit. Mr. Grizzly. This is nothing more than a Justin Trudeau power grab. He is desperately clinging to power. And there you have it. Uh, Justin Trudeau power grab. He is desperately clinging to power because he was so at risk of losing it. Right? It was just slipping from his fingers there, right? Just like that. Well, I mean, I mean, when you consider the fact that she supported the people that tried to overthrow the government recently here in Ottawa during the occupation, when she basically tried to make it the prime minister's problem. So, yeah, maybe then he looked with no. Shut up, bitch. Ooh, I'm sorry, but I'm so sick of her obfuscation, her flat out lying and her her. Oh, I hate her so much. I hate her so much. Remember when we had that episode when she became the deputy leader and I said, you're really going to get to know her because she loves the spotlight. 
and that she was going to give us like lots of content to talk. D- did I lie? No, you didn't. Well, I mean, she already dropped 19,000 and changed to move into a house. She's going to live in for what? Seven months max. Yeah. Yeah. $3,800 on a mattress and $5,000 on linens. Mm-hmm. But conservatives care about the taxpayer. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me pull my other leg. Cause it'll play jingle bells. What a load of crap. <laughs> Mr. Grizzly, if you want to continue with this completely untethered take from his Ms. number one goal, as we have seen over the course of the last six years, is to always do what's best for him and not to do what's best for Canadian. Oh, Christ, on a bike riding sideways. If that ain't projection, I don't know what is. Ah. <clears throat> now, make no mistake, the NDP are in charge. Uh, wh- what? <laughs> <laughs> Now, now this now this is stupid on her part. Now, if you've noticed so far, right, like this, the number of times NDP Liberal Coalition, NDP Liberal Government, NDP mm. Liberal Majority, so she, she's branding this, and she's given the NDP top billing, and now she says the NDP is in charge. We right? know that's not so, true. So, so is everything from now on going to be Jugmeet's fault? Is it Jugmeetflation now instead of just inflation? Is it because... Oh, yes. You know why? He's running things now, right? Well, they need to blame the brown man. Mm. Tell me I've overstepped the line by saying that. You know damn well a lot of their base think that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. This is going to be interesting to see if uh, Jagmeet Singh suddenly becomes the criminal mastermind who can't put his pants on. Or anyway. Uh, but no, make no, dispa- make no mistake. The NDP are in charge. Remember that she said that, but like wait two weeks when everything's going to be Trudeau's fault again. But make no mistake, the NDP are in charge. NDP are in charge. <laughs> so anything from here on out that goes sideways is not Justin Trudeau's fault. Nope. It's Jagmeet Singh's. We'll Continue on, Mr. Grizzly. Mark that in the calendar, okay? What does this mean? Well, it means the decimation of Canadian oil and gas and LNG. Ah, this is what this is about. When the NDP Liberal government phases out, which means destroy Canadian oil and gas and LNG, they are helping Russia. And that was one of the top priorities they had. And that Justin Trudeau has agreed it to it. It means mining, agriculture, fisheries are all under the extreme policies of the NDP, which are now liberal policies. What the hell did I just read? She's scared. that, and that's the precise moment in the press in her press availability where everything she was saying in complete sentences. That's where she started to stumble when she started I mean, scooping it with two hands. Like it's a word. Those are words, and they were put together. They're Miss- not a sensible sentence. <laughs> like, come on, man. She basically, she basically says that they're, they're, they're helping Putin by phasing out oil and gas. Which, at, at what point did they talk about actually doing that? <laughs> they're oh, that's talking right. about increasing <laughs> right now to supply our- it's just, this girl's too much. This girl, girl, you are too much. <laughs> Mr. Grizzly, please continue. It, it also means $214 billion, just that we know of, in new spending for Canadians. And that's who's going to be spending. That's who's going to be there in the brunt of the new NDP Liberal government. What? What? 
<laughs> I think she meant to say bearing the brunt there. Yes. <laughs> but it's, again, that's who's going to be spending. Uh, that's who's going to be bearing the brunt. She can't keep her. She can't keep her lie straight. All of which for Canadians means more debt, more inflation, more jobs lost, more uncertainty, and frankly, more polarization. This is not a good day for Canadians. And when Bergen speaks of Canadians, she means conservatives. That's all she means. <laughs> this is not a good day for conservatives. That's it. That's all it, that's all it means. And through all of that, anywhere where she says Canadians too, you can just substitute conservatives, right? And it also means $214 billion that we just, uh, sorry, $214 billion that just that we know of in new spending for conservatives. <laughs> right? <laughs> when the NDP liberal government phases out, which means destroy conservative oil and gas and LNG, they are helping us, right? It's just like... Uh, anywhere where they say Canadian, that's it. And they failed to realize that during the pandemic, during the crisis, during the entire uh, shutdown of the global economy, which province took more money than any other? Uh, Alberta? That's correct. Which has what? Uh, One-fourth the population of the province of Ontario. One-fourth. Sales tax. And no sales tax, yeah. None. No provincial sales tax. Yes. So with all of this, right, uh, when the election came around and uh, Justin Trudeau won and people were saying he barely won or didn't really do much better. And as we've learned, it seems he's really, really, really won, <laughs> given everything that's happening. Uh, and everybody was talking about, you know, this might be the last of Justin we see. He's probably going to do one one year or two and then leave or not. Um the Prime Minister made something a little clearer today. I've said a number of times, I'm planning on serving Canadians through and beyond the next election. Hmm. Now, my PR guy hat says that this is a phrase that's meant to sound like he will be running like this and still wants to be prime minister after the next election. But this is serving Canadians through and beyond the next election was this, which does not necessarily mean as prime minister. No, no, it if doesn't. Like looking at the words. So this is a very political, clever and politically clever answer because at first listen, it really sounds like he said, yeah, I'll be running again. But if you look at the words, it doesn't actually say that. So no, the words are carefully chosen. Yes. Points. So it could be very well that he, he, you know, the next election, he runs, of course. He steps down as leader. Christian Freeland steps into the role. And he represents his riding of Papineauville. It is Papineauville, is it not? Uh, just Papineau, I think. Papineau, sorry, Papineau. Yeah, Papineauville, I think, is in the, in the Utah. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. I'm, a lot of, 336 of them. I can't keep them all straight in my head. Yeah, but that's probably why you had it in your head. <laughs> local yeah so um this news uh changes the conservative leadership race <clears throat> a little bit just a little bit uh because i think there's a lot of people that entered the race assuming that this would be a minority parliament just like any others that would last you know 16 18 months maybe two years if we got really really lucky and then, you know then this would be trudeau's fourth kick at the can so you know he'd probably get a little old and slow and tired you know and familiarity breeds contempt so you know this is your shot right what did senator patrick brazo say about justin trudeau 
you underestimate him at your own peril. Mm -hmm. So uh, now if he's suddenly going to be there till at least 2025, um, Pierre Poliev, who's running for prime minister and (laughs) something you can't do in Canada. Yes, and is very impatient and seems to be competing through the to win the next nanosecond. Uh, adding three years to your weight adds a lot of nanoseconds you got to get through. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if 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 Justin and Jugmeat were sitting around having a cocktail. Go, you know what? Polyev is a shithead. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Let's get together so he never gets into power. I have a, I have a feeling. Now I apologize for my linguistics there, folks, but tell me I'm not too far off the truth on that one. I, I, I you know what? I bet the rest of the beer I have in this can. <laughs> That's, that one of them two looked at each other and says, "Why don't we fuck with them a little bit?" <laughs> well, it's, I mean, look, it's the guy's hired a U.S. PR firm, and he's denied it. But wait a minute. In, in his first uh, uh, press release as he was candidate for prime minister, he talked about Canadian paychecks and spelt it P-A-Y-C-H-E-C-K-S. Oops. And we all cited him on that. That's not how we spell that in Canada. That's not proper Canadian English, which means you've clearly hired an American PR firm instead of hiring hundreds of the available ones across the country. Yep. Why couldn't he hire one from Calgary? That's where he's from, isn't it? They, they seem to have a problem with that. Aaron O'Toole went to get some Brits in the last election campaign, said they wanted to get the best people. It's like, mm. So they're not Canadian is what he's saying. Well, here was one today when he went on about, kept trying to use socialism as a frightening scare tactic in Canada. And I'm like, yeah, um, I don't know of many Canadians that are actually afraid of that word because most of them actually understand what it means. Socialism is when the means of production are owned by the workers. That's what socialism is. They're great examples of social democratic programs from coast to coast in this country. I'm not going to go into them. There's hundreds of them. And Mm -hmm. I know of a number of companies that are socialist by nature. The means of production are owned by the workers. Mm -hmm. I know a number of them. The company is owned by the employees. Mm -hmm. And what they find is that companies that are owned by employees work 10 times as hard as a paid or hired employee. When you own the means of production, that's a part of you that you put into that job every day. So guess what? You work harder because you care. Because the productivity means an improved bottom line and improved life for you and all of your coworkers. Yep. How is this difficult for people to get behind? It shouldn't be, but, you know, when you're paid to find a reason to not get behind it. I guess. That's that's the thing. So, does PDP stains have the patience? I'm not (laughs) sure. And Josh Ray, well, that dude's 63. Yeah. Uh, Does he want to win and be the opposition leader for three years? Or does he have better things to do? Well, you know, that's a good question. If he, he, there's a good chance he might just say, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was looking up on Wikipedia because uh, I didn't know how true it was if any 
if all the candidates are not fully registered or that type of stuff, because they have until April 19th. Mm-hmm get their papers and their money in. So um, three candidates are counted as accepted. So I am assuming that means they filed their paperwork and their money. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and the rest of them are just declared saying that they are going to uh, race. Uh, Sheree and Lewis, and I can't remember who the third one is off the top of my head, uh, are declared. Um, uh, but uh, Polyev is not he's not yeah. no <laughs> so he's just trying to hoodwink people working he has not paid his fees he is not listed as accepted he's listed only as declared well he's waiting for somebody else to pay that tab well yeah you really think he's going to open up his wallet not oh, happening. No. not no, happening. No, no. but given that the game has changed i'm Wondering if he's going to do like he did last time. Say that he's running and what and all that, and then just not. Yeah, probably. April 19th to bail now. And now he's not going to be prime. He's not going to be prime minister in a year and a half. And now there are eight candidates. Well, not look, just three or four. It's I'm not sure, just the coronation that he expected now. I'm sure he's got third degree to burn, third degree burns on his ass because his pants are always on fire. He lies so much. I mean, I would not be surprised if he if he carried this out until the 18th at the midnight hour and just dropped it. No, I'm not going to do it because he can't. If he can't bilk enough people out of their money to cover the cost, no way he's opening up his wallet. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think he's going to have trouble getting the money. The thing is, is will he compete if he can't win? Uh, probably not. No, no, no. See, that's the thing. Cause I don't know what it does to his career if he can't win. Well, didn't and he say, didn't he, he was the guy who famously said you should only be able to serve two terms. Uh, yeah. Well then what are you still doing there? <laughs> so you had a pension for life at 35. Shut up and get out. <laughs> so, um, since we last talked, uh, we've had a couple of other people join the race. Uh, so uh, if Pierre was hoping it was just going to be him and Charest uh, because, you know, the selling membership time was short and he had to come up with $300,000 and, and uh, you know, he had the organizational advantage, uh, that's not standing anymore. So uh, who are some of these new candidates? The first one is named Joseph Borgo. Uh, now, I don't know if he pronounces his name Borgo as the French way or Borgo because he's a Saskatchewan business person. He's the chief say. executive. Pardon? Tough to say. Tough to say. Yeah, Borgo, or maybe it may, it may just be Borgo. Borgault? Um, Borgault, yeah. Uh, Saskatchewan business, business person. He's the chief executive officer of, Bur, I'm going to say, Borgo Tillage and Tools, Tillage Tools, and a founder of a nonprofit organization called, oh boy. Canadians for truth. Now, kids, here's a political literacy moment for you. If you are seeing something online and it says patriot, it says truth, it says freedom, or it says alpha, (laughs) they're not. (laughs) Okay? It's like being for truth being for your country, being an alpha is like being smart. 
If you are, it's obvious. You don't have to say it. You if you have, have to, to make the effort to say, I'm smart before you <laughs> deliver a presentation, you're not. That's, that's what we call major S-D-E. Ooh, explain. It's the opposite of B-D-E. Oh, you know what B-D-E ah, yes. is. See, I tried to go for some M-D-E with this show. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Or average D. <laughs> we're, we're not going. We're not going to look. You can always look. Here's how. If you want to know what SDE is, just look up BDE in the Urban Dictionary. It has several <gasps> things, but it reveal re- it. It goes back to human anatomy. <laughs> That's all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. <clears throat> So, according to a news release, Borgo is a longtime member of the party and believes that strong fundamental leadership will strengthen it. The release stated that if elected as prime minister, he and his team would work to reestablish Canadian culture based on foundational values. And, okay, I'm going to try not to wretch as you read this. As expressed in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in the Canadian Bill of Rights. The release further stated... As the Charter of Rights and Freedoms means, uh, Canada was founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Oh, he's one of those. (sighs) That's the line I want to see removed. Yes. Burgot pledged to remove COVID-19 mandates, scrap digital ID, and control spending. He said he would remove the carbon tax while focusing on sound environmental policies, which you can't do if you're removing the carbon tax because it's one of the three legs of the stool. And the most conservative way possible out there to tackle... Slap, 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 slap. I'm going to cut off my nose to spite my face because that's the kind of person that I am. Yes, and review immigration policy to ensure it is aligned with the rule of law. It is, has been for a long time. Don't need to worry about that. And Canadian values, yes, not conservative values, Canadian values and principles. Well, so then there's nothing to be reviewed is what, basically there's nothing to be reviewed. Nothing to be reviewed. It already falls in line with all of that. I know this well because a very dear friend of mine works for immigration. Yeah. So, yeah, he's one of those. When he's talking about truth, he means the truth of the word. And so, listen, and like you said before, right? If you're practicing a religion and it brings you something, you know, and it fulfills you and it gives you community and meaning and purpose and, you know, uh, helps you to put out good in the world and all that, get more power to you, man. You know, as long as you're putting out good into the world, though. Yeah. Because, you know, there's many of them that don't. Yeah, you know, so, you know, you know, let your flag fly high, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, you know, just but you know, don't determine policy for everyone. No, and 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 again, I was not a huge fan of Jean Chrétien. I wasn't. There was a lot of things he did that pissed me off, and it started with costing us $850 million by canceling a helicopter contract that ended up costing us a few billion more we're not going to get into that now, but I was mad at him for that. But the thing that he said when he was confronted by a reporter, when they said, well, why are you supporting gay marriage? You're, you're, Mm -hmm. you're Roman Catholic. He goes, I am a Roman Catholic, but my job is to govern for all Canadians, including the ones who can't speak up for themselves. My religion gets parked at the door of that office. It does not play a role 
in my job as the prime minister. As the prime minister, I have to govern for everybody equally. So no, my Catholicism, my religion, does not play a part in this decision because it cannot. He was a lawyer. He is a a very smart and learned man, and he'd been in politics a long time. A lot of things I didn't see eye to eye on him for, with, uh, with, but when he made that statement and I watched that interview, I was like, uh, okay, I, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. That I can completely get behind yeah. that. The standard response at that time was, oh, I struggle with it. No, no, no. He didn't you do know. that. No, no. He, he didn't no. waver at all. No. Nope. At all. No. Nope. There was no struggle. He was just like, no, here's how it is. I have to govern for all Canadians, especially those who cannot speak for themselves. Yep. Those who are marginalized, it is my job to stand up for them. Yep. And he did it. He did. And I'm thankful. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the by other- the way, Kits, if you've never been to a gay wedding, you got to go there. A fucking blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still haven't had mine yet. I'm hoping. Um, as long as I get to DJ. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. As if I was ever going to ask anyone else. Well, yeah. Come on. Got to make sure. <laughs> you better say yes now. <laughs> um, okay. One of the other new candidates. We're going everywhere today, kids. Uh, Mark Dalton. Dalton is on his second term as the representative for Pitt Meadows Maple Ridge in BC. Uh, he is the eighth person in the race. Uh, Dalton is also a former BC member of the legislature for the area he now represents federally. He said that one of his first steps as leader would be to call for a national inquiry into the COVID-19 pandemic, including into what he described as the degree of political motivation in government health measures and coercive government actions. Dalton accused the Liberals of using pandemic contracts to line the pockets of their friends, making decisions based on politics rather than public health, and ignoring evidence about vaccine injuries to push ahead with coercive measures to get people vaccinated. So he's one of those people. <laughs> we have those people and we have those people. <laughs> and so he is predecided that crimes have happened and that the government is corrupt and that he he's the punisher. He's Mr. Justice. He's going to deliver the justice by pursuing and demanding a public inquiry and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Now, there's probably going to be a natural review anyway into this. Yes. Because it's the biggest outlay of spending all in one shot in Canadian history mm-hmm. certainly is going to be reviewed and audited and we're going to look back and study this so we can learn from it. It's a and given, all that right? It's a given. I mean, we're, what, our debt is now at a trillion? Yeah. So that's all going to happen, right? So the calling for a national inquiry or review or evaluation or something of the pandemic, that's going to happen naturally. So the main part here is, right, the part where it says include into what he described as the degree of political motivation. Mm-hmm. He has determined there is a, there has already been a crime. He, he's not proposing anything. He's not bringing anything, right? He's just proposing we're going to tar and tarnish the liberals with COVID-19 like the liberals were tarnished with sponsorship. This we're just going to do that, do that, do that, do that until they fall which is basically the SNC strategy or the We Charity strategy. They're basically going to try it again with this. That's what he's all about. Mm-hmm. He's got to offer. 
Um, we have Roman Baber, who we talked about last week. Uh, he was the former Ontario MPP that got booted out of the Conservative Party because he uh, opposed vaccine mandates and passports. And basically, the main thing that he's got to offer is that I'm the OG. I thought of it first. Isn't his um, name Baber? Oh, no, that's an elephant. Sorry. It could be Babar. Uh, Babar. <laughs> Sorry. But yes. I was going there. I was going there. <laughs> Um, next, we have Scott Aitchison. Uh, now, Scott Aitchison did this really interesting thing. He had this video uh, on his YouTube, uh, on his YouTube, on his uh, Twitter feed, uh, that was sort of a teaser about four or five days before he launched. That was, and it was just images of him, you know, talking to people, interacting with people, stuff like that. But on the background was the soundtrack for the commercial of the Ford F-150 car. I've not seen it. <laughs> so if you hear it, you recognize it right away, right? It's, okay. You can't mistake it. And I'm sitting there like this, and it's like, you know, him and his truck driving around to different parts in LA, you know, we're in <laughs> different parts in rural areas talking to people. Like this, and he's a big, hefty guy, big, like this, you know, and it's sort of like, and I, okay, after I saw all that, it's like, okay, so the dude credentials have been established. <laughs> so it really looked like he was coming at it with huge BDE <laughs> well, yeah. based on thing. Uh, turns out there's more to him than the truck and being a big guy. Uh, he chose a craft brewery in his hometown of Huntsville, Ontario for his opening event. Uh, it's part of the Perry Sound Muskoka riding. He's represented for two terms. Aitchison was also the mayor of Huntsville from 2014 to 2019. In his announcement, Aitchison uh, said his campaign would focus on positivity and cooperation, and he would exemplify inclusive, engaged, and compassionate leadership. Promising to bring an end to the hyperpartisan antics and political games that are now the norm in Canadian politics. More partisan bickering is simply not the answer. He said, as an energetic crowd waved colorful signs simply printed with the word Scott on them. Canadians are sick and tired of the partisan gridlock and the ideological entrenchment. The antics you see in question period, that's not what Canadians want. They want leaders to actually get things done. Solving problems requires real leadership. I've been in Parliament now two terms, and I am dismayed by the energy wasted on political games. Instead of getting things done, what's missing in Ottawa is leadership. He promised that his campaign for the leadership would be free of attacks on his opponents, and that he would focus on the economy, national and global security, climate change, and housing. Uh, Atchison already has one endorsement uh, from MP Eric Melillo, who is the youngest uh, MP uh, for the Conservatives. He represents the, the riding of Kenora. Um, and He's I've a progressive at, conservative. He seems to be a progressive conservative, and I looked a little into him, and apparently he has voted uh, the way you would expect a progressive conservative to on anything having to do with gay rights and on anything having to do with abortion. Interesting. So I'm going to have to look closely at this gentleman because his name is yes. similar to mine. His surname is similar to mine, right? Yeah. We're not related. Uh, I don't know anything about the man other than what I've just read about him here. But I'm intrigued because I think if he were to win, yep. this would represent a, a, a progressive conservative leader. 
now is he going to be able to unite the no the party's going to split yeah the party's going to split progressive conservative wins the leadership the party splits completely completely and if a pierre or more the right the party splits like this the party might split yes yes a, a big a bigger name like a patrick brown or whatnot may be able to take everyone and you know, 45 mps did vote for o'toole to remain leader 45 is a pretty solid caucus yeah no kidding yeah it's true it's yeah. true um leslin lose lewis as we know is in the race Really, you know, she wasn't. For but. somebody with a PhD in in law, I mean, she's not a she's she's highly educated. She's really dumb, though. She has no EQ, zero EQ, and not to mention the fact that today she went on about a, a socialism rant. I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake! Yeah. So she's the uh, she's the 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 second hardcore social social conservative. So she's got you know competition with Burgo now. Um, yeah, she finished third last time. Uh, I think she finished first in Saskatchewan and first in BC as well. I, uh, I don't think it's going to work for her this time. No, uh, well, and and here's the there, here's the much thing. Right now, well, not to mention the fact that look, let's we can't overlook the obvious. It's not a progressive conservative party, right? Currently, <laughs> there's too many extreme right wing conservatives. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of them with an extreme evangelical religious bent. Mm-hmm. I, I know some listeners might not like hearing that, but I, look, it's a fact. It's a fact, right? Facts are facts, and we have to observe the facts. Uh, I don't know if she is super religious or not, but what I do know is this. She's a woman, highly educated, with a PhD in law, and she's black. That could be a vote against her, in the current uh, edition of this party, mm-hmm. because you look at how many uh, BIPOC people were represented in the clown boy uh, that occupied Ottawa for three weeks that the party supported. There was mm-hmm. like three. Mm-hmm. So look, yeah, I'm just saying. So Aitchison is my dark horse. Mm. And uh, when we have Patrick Brown, who we've been talking about, but he officially launched uh, out of Brampton. Um, he framed himself as a candidate who could grow the conservatives and win a general election, as well as tackle affordability, support religious freedom, and unite the party. The question every person who votes in this leadership race needs to ask themselves, can this candidate become prime minister or will they keep our party in the opposition benches? Mm. I know who he was talking about when he said that. <laughs> Pierre, not Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not the Pierre we like, the other one. Yes. <laughs> Brown has held positions at all three levels of government. He was a federal conservative MP for Barrie from 2008 to 2015 before leaving for provincial politics and becoming the leader of the progressive conservatives. He became mayor of Brampton in 2018. Uh, of course, we all know that... Uh, mm-hmm. 
the sexual misconduct story published by the CTV that ruined his chances. Uh, he still denies the allegations, says he's reached a settlement uh, because the station, uh, I think the, the main error was saying that one of the, the ladies uh, was underage, I guess, when she wasn't. But I don't think there was any allegation about the incident. No. Right. So there's a lot of fishy things that happen around that story. Uh, And and I, I, I I don't want to make really any commentary on it, but I do remember some of the the things that I read about it made me go, um, what? So one of the apparent victims said they went to the second floor bedroom in a house that doesn't have two floors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's fishy is all I'm saying. So uh, Brown is trying to package and market himself as someone who survived cancel culture. So that's his culture wars angle. Um, he's seen as a more centrist option than Oliver or Lewis. Um, early in his career, Brown was said to be an admirer of Charest uh, when the latter was leader of the federal progressive conservatives. And... Uh, you know, Charest is in and people have already started talking uh, within uh, the party because this thing has gotten nasty fast. Uh, you know, that they've, well, basically everything that they said about Trudeau and, and Singh today, they've said about Charest and Brown last week. <laughs> Pretty much. They're made a coalition and it's this unholy alliance and, you know, your cur- your spine will curve and whatever. <laughs> Help me, help me. Yeah. So uh, he's also known as being a very strong political organizer. Uh, and he may even be more so than Poliver. And this is where um, I think could be another force that might, uh, could lead uh, Pierre to pull out before the 19th. Uh, because... Uh, while uh, Pierre has been working at this a long time and, you know, collecting his people over a long time, um, I don't know if he can do the short spurt thing. Brown has got ridiculous energy. Mm-hmm. Like this, all memberships, day, nights, evenings, weekends, statutory holidays, you know, in the shower, um, right? Pierre strikes me as being a little essentially lazy. Yeah, he, he kind of wants it to be handed to him. At least that's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if we're looking at the thought process and, you know, his campaign, I mean, if you're following his Twitter feed, it's like, you know, uh, he's got stuff like stop printing money, start building houses. So like, that's the socialism thing. so he's an advocate for socialism in one sentence and the next sentence he's screaming against it yeah what so what side of the fence are you on there pp because you're not making any sense bro yeah and it's just like you know uh, like you know repeal the carbon tax start pumping oil you know it's just (laughs) these are not policies these are slogans right you know and and it's like he's it's all slogans it's no substance and he's like saying things like stop printing money uh the bank of canada stopped the quantitative easing program at the end of october 2021 weren't you the finance minister at the time shouldn't you know this no here's the shadow we're not printing money 
at the moment. You know, stop printing money, start building houses. Uh, you do know that there's a supply thing going on at the moment. And if we stop print money, but we start building houses with everything that's more expensive now, the houses are going to cost more. So we're going to need money to print money to build those houses. Right. And just, you were the finance, right? Yeah, it, remember, that was an appointed designation. He has no qualifications to be the finance minister. So, I mean, he's going to get decimated. Look, he's as qualified to be the finance minister as I am. I'm saying that in truth because he only completed two years of university, dropped out, and got into politics. He never completed his degree. So if he tells you he did, he's lying. He didn't do it. He's not qualified, period. End of story. So when it comes to working hard, you know, Brown was put his cards on the table. Oh, yeah. Hit it, Mr. Grizzly. Put the quote. I know that to lead Canada, a prime minister has to speak to every Canadian. It doesn't matter what province or territory you're from, who you love, what your faith is, or if you live on a farm or in a city, you need a prime minister who hears your voice. And that's me. Mark my words, with me as a conservative party leader, there will no longer be free passes for liberal seats in suburban Canada. In fact, with me, there will be no safe liberal seats anywhere. Cue applause. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, that's probably what happened at the convention. That's an applause line if there ever is one. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, Brown's presence in the race will provide uh, some policy challenges for the party membership because, you know, he does support a carbon tax. And, well, you know, Pierre Poiliev was, you know, right on that, right? I think he's calling it the Brown Trudeau carbon tax. Yeah. So, again, he's... That's cute. Brown's, Brown's a mayor of a city in Ontario. Yes, and was nowhere near the House of Commons when the carbon tax was done, and he's getting top billing, just like the NDP Liberal Coalition has given. Like they, they've talked to each other, right? Yeah, and you know this because I remember. You remember the days when it was the unelected, inefficient, and uns- whatever the other EE was, liberal Senate, liberal majority dominated Senate. Mm. Like this, every time the Carper mentioned the Senate, it was always the unelected, no, 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 liberal dominated majority Senate, right? It was just, they, they had rebranded it. I mean, you could have like put the sign above the door. You are now entering oh, yeah. unelected. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah. So for the next, until like September 10th, it's going to be the Brown Trudeau carbon tax. Which is hilarious. Like I said, uh, again, Polyev, all he knows how to do is obfuscate, gaslight, and lie. Yeah, I know all so- three of those are basically the same thing, but they're all somewhat different. And here's the thing. He's really good at all three because he does it on such a consistent basis. But the thing is, is if your entirety of your attack on carbon tax is brown Trudeau this is why I'm saying that this man's lazy. This is, I, I don't think he has the stuff to, uh, he doesn't have the stuff substance wise and policy wise to compete at this level. Well, but he's I getting somebody else to do the work. work. He's getting somebody else to do the work. And they're like, Patrick Brown, we'll just attack that guy. I'm like, but he has nothing to do with anything that's going on in Parliament Hill. Nothing. Zero to do with anything on Parliament Hill. So let's label that guy as a carbon tax demon. Yeah. Well, his entry has made people 
you know, in his campaign team, like just really panic because they've got, they've, they've gone nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Literally. Uh, in this uh, speech, Brown Tower touched on his stance on the carbon tax, noting his recent call for the federal government to cancel the scheduled increase to the federal levy. Okay. Now this is a really stupid thing. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm going to go on on the side here because they're like saying like, you know, it's the carbon tax that really, you know, that's screwing, you know, you need to cancel the levy. Okay. Listen, the planet's not going to stop burning just because there's inflation. Number one. Okay. Number two, right. In one week, like the price of gas went up 50 cents based on what was happening in Ukraine, right? The carbon tax is going to add, what, maybe two cents to your liter this year? Yeah, like, some people are saying 15 cents next month, and I'm like, uh, that that seems to be a little bit far-fetched. Okay. Number and you get it all back. You get it all back anyway. Yes, for those paid. I guess, and if you're not getting anything back, it's because your provincial premier won't let you have it. Curious about that, and they'll still blame the federal government. Okay. I got into it with a guy last week who, you know, after about an hour back and forth, I just said, you know what? I've got better things to do with my day than speak with you. Goodbye. Oh, and then I checked out his profile. Oh, there's a picture of him next to Maxime Bernier, and he was a PPC party candidate. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I ended that when I did. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, this, this... Oh, it just gives me a headache thinking about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just so dumb. Okay, it's just so dumb. Um, he maintained conservatives need to be part of the solution to climate change. He said that must be balanced with affordability concerns. Again, the conservatives do this, you know, the Kenny had announced in Alberta, you know, that he was like reducing the gas tax in Alberta, which I think was like 13.6 cents a liter, 13.2 cents yeah. a liter, right? It's, these are stupid ideas. Well, kind of like... Uh, no inflation is going to stop. Well, like Dougie, Dougie getting rid of the uh, license plate sticker fees in Ontario. You don't have to well, get a sticker anymore. Okay, fine. You still have to register every year. Okay, fine. But you don't have to pay for it. What? Yeah. So there's a billion dollars lost to the Ontario tax base, which guess who that will hurt? Exactly. And we're... And so this is the same thing we're talking. So you're giving away 13.6 cents on a liter, a liter of gas to pass your leadership review in April. Because in a context which, in which during with the war in Russia, the price of gas can go up 50 to 75 cents in a week. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to notice. And if this war gets protracted and the price of gas and oil keep going up and supplies could keep, keep getting disturbed and things keep going up, now you no longer have that 13.2 cents per liter to actually develop a program or pay for something that might help someone in need. Like, I don't know, repave the highways? When you are in a period of high inflation, deliberately choosing to not take in government revenue is stupid. Well, and here's the other thing. You could use that that revenue to offset other areas that cost people to stay there, keep their head above water. You can increase you could you could have you could develop a UBI for your province as an example. Yes. So that the, the less fortunate members of society could be propped up to at least a living standard. Mm-hmm. But what we're ha- what we're seeing here is on the conservative side 
even the candidates, because Jean Charest has the same policy, that say that they believe, like this in still having a carbon tax, believe in suspending it for this year. Right? So if inflation keeps on going up in another year, so we're going to suspend. So basically the policy is leave the carbon tax where it is and keep suspending the increase every year, year, every year, right? Because they'll always find a reason. So that will just increase the deficit because they'll have to borrow more money to offset that tax base, right? Yep. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an economist, but uh, if you don't have money coming into column A and you need to pay off column B, you got to go to the bank and say, uh, I need a loan to pay off column B because I've got all this money over here that needs to be, you know, all these bills that need to be paid but there's no money coming in over here. Mm-hmm. So again, not a, I'm not an economist. I have run a business, and I know that if, if, if you have more money come, going out than coming in, um, that's how you go bankrupt. Yeah. So even the candidates who are progressive conservatives are st- still keeping one foot out on the carbon tax, right? And so... For Patrick Brown, uh, it's not only to cut uh, the levy, the increase in the levy for this year, but uh, he said uh, the following, as leader, I will oversee a Conservative Party membership-wide consultation on the environment. I've learned from experience that our members need to decide the position of our party, and I'm confident that together we can come up with a winning position. So he's not even saying that as a leader, he would support the carbon tax. He's saying that he supports the carbon tax, but he will oversee a membership-wide consultation to determine what he's going to do with the carbon tax. Hmm. (laughs) Sorry. Nope. 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 No. 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 Wrong answer. Uh, Brown speech on saying you're setting yourself up for a no tool. Especially if you go by the go the way of the carbon tax to win the election. Which is, no, no, you just watch somebody do this. Uh, Brown's speech uh, had a little bit of French in it, but not a lot. Uh, he focused on the idea of supporting religious freedoms and opposing Bill 21 in Quebec. Now, he is probably the candidate that has taken the firmest position saying that he would outright oppose it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, he also said that he, he would promise to rebuild bridges uh, that have been burned by the Conservative Party's embrace of two specific policies of the Harper area, the Barbaric Cultural Practices Hotline and the ban on wearing the kneecap during citizenship ceremonies. And so, like, but Brown, here's the thing, Brown brought those back, putting them in Poliev's lap. And Poliev said, no, 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 I never, I never supported those things. And like this. He did. Yeah, he did. he did. He did. There's video. And if he didn't support those things, well, he sure didn't leave the party in protest, now did he? Just saying. So, uh, now, this is interesting move. Well, basically, this is an interesting move by Brown because he basically came in like, you know, swinging, right? You need someone who can win in the general. Uh, mm. Thank you. Uh, you need someone who can talk to people who are not um, melanin deficient. 
well, which he can do, right? I mean, he's he's well known for having a good relationship with India's Prime Minister Modi, uh, which still worries me a little bit because Mr. Modi doesn't really like the Muslims. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's kind of a uh, terrible person. So, uh, which I don't know if that applies to Patrick Brown, but I mean, if you're friends with someone who doesn't like Muslims, what do you do when a Muslim friend of yours shows up? Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, a smoking lounge over here that we'll just go, we'll go sit in the smoking lounge over here for a few minutes and uh, you go over there to the bar and order a drink and uh, this gentleman and I'll go have a hookah. Mm. <laughs> like really? What, what do you do? Just, yeah. Yeah. I, just, I always say like, when I have two friends that are arguing, one friend's not being nice to another one. It's like, if I don't stand up for the friend who's, <laughs> who's being treated <laughs> poorly, if I don't say, Hey, to the first friend, Hey, that's my friend too. So, Let's all behave like friends here. You want to sit at this party, you all got to get along. Yeah. So, between Pierre and Patrick, it is nasty. Because I think Pierre sees in Patrick all the things he wishes he could be. Patrick is more attractive than Pierre. Patrick is better organized. Patrick is somewhat better liked. (laughs) He has charisma. Yes, he has more charisma. So uh, I think Pierre might be scared. And uh, Patrick uh, also, because he's very popular in Ontario, but not as popular out West, has Michelle Rempel as his Yeah, camp. and I know she's no fan of Pierre Polyev or Polyvir or whatever. She, she doesn't like him at all. She doesn't like him at all. No. Um, so, you know, like, like the old saying goes, a broken clock is right twice a day. Once in a very blue moon, I find myself agreeing with her. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, look, a lot of things we are so diametrically opposed. Uh, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. But... There's a lot of things that every now and then she just stands up and says, no, that's wrong. And here's why it's wrong. And I go, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, I mean, she supports, she supports, supports a woman's right to choose. Yes. She's, she makes no bones about that. She's very firm in that belief. She supports yep. gay rights, gay marriage. She's a, a, a supportive member of the LG, the alphabet mafia, basically. Right. LGBTQ1A. I get them all wrong. That's why I say the alphabet mafia because I can't get it all. I, I mix up the letters and there's a lot of them. And I, I don't mean to disparage anybody. I don't. It's not it who I am. I'm just, I don't want to get it wrong. So if I just, anyway, I'm going to sidestep that. We're cool. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know, but I don't want to harm anybody. But the thing is, she's a, a supporter of, of, like I said, the alphabet mafia. She supports a woman's right to choose. Uh, there's a lot of things that I do actually, weirdly enough, see eye to eye with her on. Yeah, and I can always get along with someone who loves a good glass of wine. Well, so I, I, I begin to question if if she's, how far away is she from being a progressive conservative? That's what I question. See, I think she is a progressive conservative, and I think, you know, when Harper was leader, you had to perform for an audience of one. Right. Right? And then there's whatever's happened in the hinterland years, <laughs> I guess. Um, but let's put it this way. 
the Overton window within the Conservative Party of Canada has shifted so far to the right that Michelle Rempel is considered an outcast. Yeah, but like what? <laughs> like, I mean, a year ago, she's like, Canadians won't see vaccines till 2030. And she ate her words on that like three weeks later, right? Yeah. And I was like, lady, what are you going on about? Like, really, why are you being such a partisan hack right now? There's no need for that. Maybe she learned something from that experience. I don't know. I don't know. But, hey, she's the national director for Patrick Brown's campaign. Jenny Byrne is the national director for Pierre's campaign. It's Michelle versus Jenny. I think I'm going to need another beer and more popcorn. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be good. It's like, fight, 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 fight. Pull each other's hair out. Let's do it, man. Take off your earrings. I want to see it. Oh, man. I'm not commenting. <laughs> a okay. cishet white now, man should not make a comment on that. Okay. <laughs> and then we have Jean Charest. Yeah. And uh, does this guy want it? I worst launch ever. Well, and ever. then he then, then he went into we a negative. Last, uh, that video was horrible. Well, did you? Well, it was terrible. But didn't then he went on the attack about and Justin Trudeau? Oh man, really? Like really? Mm-hmm. Really? That that's all you 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 know better than that. Stop listening to the people whispering in your ear because you're A, you're above that, B, you're smarter than that, C, you're better than that. You made the coalition thing today. <sighs> Nothing, you called it a coalition. It's like, come on. Don't go there. Like, we were relying on you not to be that guy. Really relying on you to be not be that guy. And same thing it's with carbon tax. He's like not wants to like say like not the levy this time, and just it's just like <sighs> so. So um, I'm starting to wonder if there's something going on. The last time, right when it was Aaron and Peter, uh, I was I had a. Th- hypothesis somewhere along the way that Peter didn't really want it. Mm, mm-hmm. That conservative, nobody was entering, right? Everybody was passing. And I said like, Peter, come on, man. Like you need to enter, man. It was like, I mean, we need to have one name at least like to make this worthwhile. So, oh, okay, fine. But I don't want to win because I mean, he ran a disastrous campaign. Like this, and brutal. He, like, and, He's such a seasoned politician. It was like, like, come on, man. You can't be making these mistakes. And I'm watching Josh Red do the exact same thing. That launch was horrible. Uh, his first event was horrible. Then he catches them. Then he disappeared for a while. Then catches COVID. That's how he made the news that week. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, and there's been no real policy. There's no been no real substance. And I mean, the, whatever comes out of his Twitter feed doesn't sound like him. And it's platitudinal. Like, yeah, uh, it's just that I'm starting to wonder if he's, you know, and now, especially if he's like, you know, going to wait three years, if he's just saying, listen, you know, I'll go out and I'll sell some memberships, but Hey Patrick, they're yours. Well, perhaps that's, perhaps that's the motivation, you know, like, I mean, 
he has he has his uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's got his uh, MP pension, does he not? Oh yeah, yeah. So he doesn't and then, then probably his MPP pension as well. Uh, is, <laughs> Well, okay, I'm 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 not sure if is there an MPP pension in Quebec because Ontario no. there is none. There's Ontario, none in Ontario. There is, yeah, but Quebec I think there is. I'm not sure, but not I, yeah, I Ontario. So either way, but, his his pension is more than I earn in a year. Oh yeah, and he can get on any board he wants. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this. Do you not have people? Do you not have? And, and I mean, I'm sorry, but he's got like two co-chairs of his team, right? Tasha Carradine and I don't remember who the other guy is. Uh, no idea. Off the top of my head, but really, that's the best you can do? <laughs> yeah. It's good. Now, I had a theory at first with the vi- hypothesis at first with the video, given that, you know, Pierre's was, you know, glossy, I guess, not high production values, but glossy, you know, definitely HD and, you know, with the, the books and he's wearing a suit and all of that, uh, that maybe Charest was going for the similar, you know, maybe. Well, looking like the people from the PPC and whatnot, you know, when they make their videos at home, like this. I, trying I, to- I can't watch more than three minutes of that crap. But, you know, but trying to create the same look and vibe. Folksy kind of. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, doing it in your shed or just, like, you know, and like the background is not really important. And, you know, it's whatever you happen to be wearing at the moment, whatever the, you hear. So like, so like red green sitting around the campfire at the Possum Lodge. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, okay, maybe that's what they're going for. You know, you know Pierre's going for that market, you know, but. You know, Joshua is trying to go see like, yeah, he's just all flash and pose. I mean, look at, look at his greasy hair. Look at this. You know, it's like, I'm the guy that's going to do it for you. Right. But this, like, look at my low production values. Look, I'm, I'm a guy like you. Right. Uh, but everything since doesn't fall in line with that. Yeah, I know. It's just what the hell is going on. It's what it was. Oh boy. I mean, it's tired and just, all different shades of gray and beige and just that's all I can say. I've never, I've, I've rarely seen a more beige campaign. It's bland. He's a, Andrew he's a, Shearer's technicolor compared to this. And that's he's not saying much. percent milk. I mean, just. <sighs> oh, I, I had a joke, but I decided not to use it. <laughs> but hey Jean Charest and Jean Charest I don't think was like fully declared yet that you know they had unloaded two cannons on him right mm-hmm. so I mean this is ugly the, the, the race is ugly it's nasty it's right off the bat right and there's uh, a lot of people are going to be turned off by this oh yeah sell new memberships yeah I'm just, this may be a prize that ultimately nobody will want this continued use. Uh, you know, uh, Pierre Poliev is failing fast because when Patrick Brown entered the race, Poliev uh, had this to attack him. Patrick Brown will say and do anything, but the reality is that he and I disagree on his carbon tax. Mr. Brown endorses a carbon tax and believes that gas prices should be more expensive. I can't understand that point of view. Uh, hang on. Let me redo that in a super nasally, whiny, bitchy voice. 
<laughs> Patrick Mann will say and do anything, but the reality is that he and I disagree on his carbon tax. Mr. Brown <laughs> endorses a carbon tax, believes that gas prices should be more expensive. I can't understand that point of view. Did that sound more like Poliev? Oh, that's, that's definitely like, oh my God, it's like he was in the room with me. <laughs> oh, sorry, um, sorry. Do you need to take a break? Go take a shower after that? Because I do. <laughs> now, here's another media and political literacy moment, kids. Whenever a politician uses an argument in which all you have to do is switch the two things, switch the guy who's talking about's name for his own, and then flip the argument, make it the complete reverse argument, you know said politician is drowning. I so, know you are, but what am I? I know you okay. are, but what am I? So here it is. Here's... Here's the version of Pierre Polyev's quote that Patrick Brown could say just as easily. Pierre Polyev will say and do anything, but the reality is that he and I disagree on the carbon tax. Mr. Polyev opposes the carbon tax, believe that pollution and carbon emissions should be free. I can't understand that point of view. I don't know if that sounded like Patrick Brown, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring and say, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the exact same argument, same structure. Yeah. Flip flop the names. For the other yeah. And just do the complete opposite. Like that, whenever you see that, okay, you're being BS'd. Yeah. You're yeah. being slit, you know, then someone's about to set you on fire. Okay. And, and, and let's just start with Patrick Brown will say and do anything. From the guy who says and does anything on a bloody daily basis. Holds up pieces of paper with nothing written on them. See what they did? No, I, I actually don't because it's all blacked out. Okay. So here's, here's a pro tip, right? When you're arguing, when you start a comment with a nasty bitchy throw of shade like Patrick Brown will say and do anything, that shit only works if you're not the human epitome of craving willingness to say and do anything with a track record nearly two decades long to go with it because you've been a career politician. Everything you've freaking done in your adult life's on YouTube. <laughs> it can be searched and Googled. <laughs> Members of parliament should only be allowed to serve two terms. I'm on my fourth. Unfortunately for Pepperidge Smarms here, Patrick Brown's entry into the race is probably the worst thing that could have happened to PDP Stain's hopes. Brown, as we said, young, ambitious, organized, you know, stellar membership seller. Uh, just, <laughs> it's, it's surprising just how awful a start both Charette and Polyev have gotten off to. Mm -hmm. Because there was this other clip of like Polyev where he went to this event uh, and they got like some clips of people talking about how, how they liked Polyev and why they liked him. And the one that Polyev, Polyver, sorry, Polyver, I should keep saying Right, Polyver, yeah, that's what he likes to yeah. Oliver um, put on his own Twitter feed. It was like two minutes long. And the man said absolutely nothing of any substance, <laughs> I guess, about why Pierre was his guy. So how many people must have they interviewed after that event? How many clips must have got? And that was the best one. Oh, well, the one the best other day. Best one. The, the there one was that, nothing in it. Did you see the clip the other day where it was a young uh, man of color uh, who you could tell was reading cue cards? <laughs> and he was, he was in like a, a brasserie or a beer hall somewhere. And he was yes, reading. Yes, that's the one. Is that the one? That's the one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's like <laughs> he's clearly reading cue cards. Somebody's like, here's a hundred bucks. Uh, I'm going to need like, more money. Like, than he's that. a great guy and he believes in my values. And Justin Trudeau, I'm like, this guy is like, uh, just uh, whatever, just give me a few hundred bucks and I'll say whatever you want. Uh, and okay. Listen, you know, there's the expression in French uh, from this newscaster called Bernard de Rome whenever he was doing the elections, you know, and they were doing going to the table and they were saying, you know, uh, the projections, they go, si la tendance se maintient, if the, you know, if the trend continues. <laughs> so, si la tendance se maintient, I'm calling it. I'm calling, we, the decision desk has the TNE, the, the True North Eager Beaver podcast decision desk already has an answer. Poitiev <laughs> and Sharev already handed this to Patrick Brown. After watching the launches, just hand the readership race to him right now. He's just, as this one to me is Patrick Brown's to lose. So here's the thing though. I like, I like this Aitchison fellow from the, what little I know of him. I already like what yeah. he's saying. He's my dark horse. Now, that being said, I think Patrick Brown has a much better opportunity to win the leadership race only because he's a known name, right? Mm -hmm. Now, he was torpedoed by the party in the last run. Mm -hmm. So he's clearly pissed somebody off in the past. Mm -hmm. So if this becomes a situation, right? Because I think Pierre was really hoping that it would just be him and Charamano Omano. But if these three take each other down, and I mean, if Charette basically takes himself out by being as interesting as chalk, I just, um, you know what? Aitchison does have a dark horse chance. Mm-hmm. He does. He does. Right? I mean, People again, again, discussed. very clearly a progressive conservative who also. Mm-hmm. Want from what what little I know of the man clearly wants to govern all Canadians, not just conservatives. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if Charest implodes and his votes go to Patrick, and Patrick's not really doing all that well, like this, it really looks like. I mean, this, like I said, I, pay attention to to Aitchison. Mm-hmm. Never know. Uh, well, and, and, and uh, again, Aitchison could could be, like you say, the dark horse because there are still some members of the party there, and and there I know right now there are delegates uh, who have signed up literally just to be a delegate, mm-hmm. who are not part of that party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We've encouraged it. Hey, you can sign up. You can be a delegate. Guess what? You get a vote. Absolutely. Oh no, I'm doing it. I'm I'm definitely doing it. Um, I, I, I can't. Yes, I, can. I I can't. Like there's there's, yes. there's reasons I can't, and we'll yes, yep. Um, the other mistake uh, from Pepe von Snipes uh, really early on <laughs> is <laughs> I have lots of them for him. I tell well, you, I got lots of them for him. Pepe von Snipes. <laughs> I just want to go snipe hunting now. Um, uh, is real early uh, in the response Canada's response to Ukraine um, he was all over the internet criticizing our European allies uh, for not doing enough Uh, now let's just say let's just say he wins and becomes prime minister 
right? Hey, allies, y'all's a bunch of pussies in Ukraine. Now buy my oil. Uh, <laughs> not sure how that's going to go over. Uh, like a lead zeppelin, like a lead balloon, which is a lead zeppelin, which is where the then, band got the name. It's going to go over like a lead balloon. And then Jason Kenney's wondering why Biden's freaking calling Venezuela first. <laughs> just, just like, of course. Come on, man. Come on. Because uh, uh, Venezuela has more oil than OPEC. Mm, yeah. They have more oil than anyone, including <laughs> Canada. Yes. Uh, and, and their oil uh, is re- real easy for them to get, too, by the way. Hmm. And the only reason their democracy failed, their social democracy failed, because they were just uh, embargoed left, right, and center by uh, Republican presidents. Mm. Now, uh, on one podcast I was listening to uh, earlier this week, I wish I could remember, I should have noted which one so I could give credit to who pointed this out. Um, But they were pointing out how the the three uh, leaders in the race are expected to be leaders uh, are all pretty sorely lacking in real life experience. Poliev became an MP at the age of 24. Oh yeah. Sharay became an MP at the age of 26 mm-hmm. and continued until he was leader and then just went straight into provincial politics pretty much after that. And then <laughs> retired and started going into the work world. And Patrick Brown was first elected to city council at 22. So no concept of what it's like to live in the real world. Mm, but they mock the prime minister who was a teacher and a ski instructor and a rafting, like this who actually had jobs working with... And a bouncer and, and, a bouncer and and Yes, working with general everyday Canadians that you would meet. Well, and don't, don't they... Uh, haven't they continued to mock uh, uh, an MLA in Alberta who's an NDP MLA, who was a former bus driver, and they mocked oh, him for being yes, a uh, bus driver. Yes, so he's the mayor of Edmonton now. Thank you. They mocked him for being a... He was an MLA, was he not? Before uh, he was the mayor? Sure. Yes, or city councilor? he an MLA first. I'm not sure. That part I don't know, but he was an MP for a while. Uh, right. Well, yeah, okay, so an MP. And they mocked him for that. And I'm like, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Are you supposed to be the party of the working man? Uh, he was a bus driver. That's a working man, and you mocked him for it. Yeah. Again, what does our friend David Mosscrop say about the conservatives? They always do what? Punch down. Punch down. Always punch down. Tell you they're, hey, I'm here to support you as they pick your pocket. Yep. Yep. So, kids, uh, that's uh, what we have uh, on a little bit more than a bite. It was a big bite. It was a huge big bite. bite. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like the, this was news. Well, there was. Yeah, we had a this lot. This was a buffet, and there was still more stuff we have to talk about. But it, we'll we'll save it for another day, because yeah. there's yeah. there's so much more. We we oh yes we yeah. we scratched the surface. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so. <laughs> oh, one last uh, little thing that uh, did come out uh, today, uh, which would be uh, important uh, to add here. Uh, Angus Reed, which mm-hmm. is the worst 
polling company in Canada, probably. Uh, but they're pretty good at pulling conservatives, though. However, uh, they uh, put out a survey. It says, according to the survey, 54% of respondents who voted for the Conservative Party last fall and 74% of those who voted for the PPC say that Polliver's candidacy in the race appeals to them. Uh, Meanwhile, 32% of the respondents who voted for incumbent liberals and 19% of past NDP voters said that Charest is the most appealing candidate for them. Interesting. So it's very clear that they're pulling for different pools. And, you know, and if they were to go into a general, who has more crossover appeal? Um, the, the survey compared the overall popularity of uh, Polliver, Charest, Lewis, and Brown, noting that between March 10th and 15th, respondents listed Polliver as the most appealing candidate at 25%, followed by Charest at 20, Lewis at 14, and Brown at 6. Um, regionally, uh, Polliver is gaining in Alberta and Saskatchewan, uh, while Charest has a slightly broader appeal in Ontario. The two are neck and neck in British Columbia. Uh, Shara beats up Polliver in Atlantic Canada, and Polliver narrowly takes the lead in Quebec, which is surprising, actually. Yeah, because... I mean, I know that Shara isn't really left in Quebec, but, I mean, I is, figured, is, you know... Is, is, is uh, Polyev going on Polyev name recognition on uh, Quebec? Because uh, he's Polliver in the rest of the country. Um, mm-hmm. in, in Ottawa, Gatineau, and throughout the province of Quebec, he's Polyev because, you know, it's a very uh, francophone name. But he anglicizes it because he's from the cow town. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he just trying to pull the wool over people's eyes? Oh, wait, he would never do that, wouldn't he? No, not at all. Um, and the survey also stated that both Polliver and Charest have the capability at this time to boost the party's support to approximately 42%. So that would be the ceiling. Um, but the conservatives natural ceiling is usually about, you know, 35, 34, the last two elections, uh, was 33.7% of the uh, last election was 33.7% of the vote. Uh, so, you know, this says based on, you know, what the best we can imagine of them too at this moment before they become leaders and actually start making errors that they could get 42. That's never going to happen. Well, kids, that's the end of the very big beaver bite. Big beaver bite. I got to add. I got to add something cute for you right here. I have to add this in because it's you know I I I check stuff as we're online. That's what we do, and uh, I'm just looking at a thing with a video from Murphy Brown shirt that says conservatives have been consistent. We will continue to fight for Canadians, and the very first response under that tweet. $5,200 $5,200 sheets, Candace. There's nothing conservative about you. You're not for three quarters of this country and your party was opposed to help the Trudeau government was, to the help the Trudeau government was offering small businesses at the beginning of the pandemic. So stop with that trope. Us business owners can't count on you. Ooh. That's the very Ooh. first response. Jeez. Whew. I think I need to go follow that, uh, that uh, thread for the ratio. Oh, the ratio is glorious, and it just keeps getting better. (laughs) Well, kids, that's the end of this episode of our Beaver Bites. We hope you love listening to us because we love making this for you. If you really like this podcast, you can find us on Google, Apple, Mixcloud, uh, Stitcher, uh, Player FM. Uh, And if you go to our uh, page, page, uh, you can subscribe. 
So uh, yeah, do that. Tell your friends, of course, retweets, shares, gentle corrections, constructive criticisms, compliments, requests, and positive reviews are always welcome. Uh, and uh, bribes to be on the show. Um, I, you know, the nice weather's coming. And so therefore I'll be in the mood for some farm boy, gluten-free chocolate chip ice cream sandwich cookies again. Just yeah, buy me same. a pint and get us and we're good. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the pod page is podpage.com backslash, or is it forward slash? Forward slash, sorry. I always get the slashes wrong. It doesn't matter, actually. Uh, it doesn't? I've heard it doesn't matter. You could okay. put it either way. It corrects it. Okay, <laughs> it's the slash under the question mark on the sh- next to the shift key on your keyboard. That slash. Forward slash. So podpage.com forward slash the hyphen true hyphen north hyphen eager hyphen beaver. There you go. And because we believe that democracy is something you do, Veterinarians Without Borders Canada is working with Ukraine animal shelters and are asking whether you can step forward today to help feed and care for animals in shelters in Ukraine and those fleeing across the border. Your generous donation will help save animals in crisis and will provide the necessary relief for their carers who are desperately trying to source food and water while under fire and under the threat of death. To make a cash or check donation, please contact Veterans Without Borders, Veterinaires Sans Frontières Canada, uh, Unit 420 at 700 Industrial Avenue, Ottawa, Ontario, postal code K1GOY9, or check out uh, their appeal at their website, vetswithoutborders.ca. Slava Ukraini. And finally, If you really, really, really like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more, we work for tips. Please feel free to buy a cup of coffee for Mr. Grizzly here or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver, all in one word, lowercase letters. That's ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there, so be kind to and be gentle with yourselves and please enjoy this political Christmas. And Mr. Grizzly, do you have some words of wisdom on this fine and glorious day? Yes, I do. Be kind to one another and don't vote for the conservatives because all they'll do is punch down and hurt the little people who can't afford to protect themselves. Yes, don't vote conservative. Why would you do that? Don't vote conservative. Listen to Mr. Grizzly. Oh, and remember, by the way, by the way, I've said this many times as people tried to meme the hell out of me and make fun of me for being blue jacket guy and tried to tried to hurt me. And I said, you know, they said, oh, he, he works for the conser- he works for the liberals. He's a millionaire. He lives in. Um, no, no, I'm poor. I live in a rent controlled building and I've never voted for Justin Trudeau. There you I go. don't. I don't live in his riding, so I can't possibly vote for him. And they're not smart enough to know how the system works. <laughs> Again, patriots, if you're going to love your country, learn the first thing about it. And with that, kids, we'll see you for our flagship episode. We're working on one, and we'll hopefully have it for you soon. Bye. See ya. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.